Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 142 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 142 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was a season premiere of Monday Night Raw going down live from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And I do want to apologize for not doing a SmackDown Wind Down AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts for review right here on WST on Saturday morning. I took a personal day. My apologies. I hate missing a show when I absolutely have no other choice. If it was an act of God or technology malfunctioning. But in this case, it is needed a day to unwind, relax, and chill. But I'm back here covering all things WWE to get your week started right officially. And I got to mention what went down at Extreme Rules this past Saturday in Philly with the return of Bray Wyatt. The White Rabbit mystery has been solved. But we are not done with the QR codes yet. We got another one last night signaling that Bray Wyatt would in fact return to SmackDown this Friday live from New Orleans at the Smoothie King Center. So that's going to be the spot to be this Friday on Fox. The last time he was teased on Friday night was 923 and 923 and that popped a huge rating for Fox and gave SmackDown his best number since Christmas 2020 when he got that huge NFL lead in at the time. So Bray Wyatt is a proven numbers draw in terms of viewership and ticket sales. Philly sold out. Brooke Brooklyn, I would like to say sold out last night. They moved 10,000 tickets, moved maybe 6,000 in the last few days, which is quite a stat when they had 4,000 in the building maybe two or three weeks ago up until Wyatt's return. And on Friday, we'll see how the numbers move in New Orleans at the Smoothie King Center as Wyatt's return continues to take shape within WWE as we prep for the final two pay-per-views or PLEs of the year. Crown Jewel going down November 5th in Saudi Arabia and of course Survivor Series going down on November 26th in Boston, Massachusetts at the TD Garden. And it promises to be a big show with war games in play on the main roster for the very first time. But before we get to all of that, let's focus on last night's season premiere of Monday Night Raw going down in Brooklyn, New York. And we kick things off with the bloodline. We got the honorary Oose, Sami Zayn, Solo Sequoia, the enforcer, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, the Usos, and of course, the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, alongside the wise man himself, the special counsel, Paul Heyman, and they're over in Brooklyn. Roman tells Brooklyn to acknowledge him, but he goes into the fact that, you know what, when you get receptions like this, you can't look towards the past, you gotta look ahead to the future. And there's something that my father said a long time ago. The one that talks the loudest is usually the weakest. And he points out and calls out Jay Uso and asking Jay straight up, are you weak? And the tension in the room builds, the crowd oohs and ahs, because we all know the tension in history between Roman and Jay over the last couple of years. And he was the right-hand man getting gaslit by his cousin on a weekly basis. But Sammy the noted mediator of the bloodline intervenes and the fans fucking love Sami Zayn. He is over, over right now. He is adored by the people. And Roman Reigns is amused by all of this as Sammy tells Roman that last week you told me I am now 
Jay Uso's problem. I can solve this for all of us. I want to maintain the peace within the bloodline. And Roman says, you're right, Sammy, you got this. And Jay cannot believe that his fate lies in Sammy Zayn's hands. And Sammy tries to crack everybody up saying that, Jay, you're a little less oozy lately. You're grouchy. Jimmy's carefree. They do their secret handshake, which I adore. Then he's a solo. He's that guy too. He's stoic, doesn't respond. And Sammy says, all of us are cool, calm, and collected. We're chill. We're good. We want you to be good too. Can you do that, Jay? And Jay is fuming and Jimmy's laughing and Roman's just chilling in the cut with Paul Heyman trying to figure out, can we work through this properly? This leads to Matt Riddle coming out to kind of ruin the moment as he wants another shot at Roman's Universal Championship. And Roman says, nope, you had your shot. You lost, gets to the back of the line. And Sammy feels some kind of way about being interrupted by Matt Riddle. He stands up at the bloodline saying, yeet my dog, trying to break everybody. And then Matt says, yeet to the bloodline. And they don't like that very much. And Sammy's very offended. And Jay Uso stirs the pot. He plays this to his advantage by saying, hey, Sammy, why don't you face Matt Riddle tonight one-on-one to prove a point that no one disrespects the bloodline and Sammy's game. Riddle says yeet one more time to piss him off and Jay's just smiling his way through this but the smiles end when Roman tells him you know what me Paul and Solo's going on the town tonight hitting up Manhattan hitting up NYC but you got to watch over Sammy and to assure that my honorary Ouse wins his match against Riddle tonight and Jay is kind of upset that Solo gets to ride all across town instead of him and this leads to Zane versus Riddle later in the show, and Jay does little or nothing to help Sami Zayn in the clutch. I'll get to that momentarily. But this was a great way to kick off the show, which actually started with a DX reunion backstage involving Triple H and Gorilla Position directing the show with Shawn Michaels, X-Pac, and Road Dog causing trouble. We got cock jokes, choking the chicken, all kinds of expletives being bleeped out by USA Network. It was a funny sophomoric throwback involving four of your favorite uncles from way back when. And that is all I can say about that as it kicked off Monday Night Raw on a very human Humorous note backstage, but the real reunion took place towards the end of the show. Next up is Johnny Gargano versus Mr. Money in the Bank himself, Austin Theory. This match was fine for what it was. As Theory dominated the action early on with a suplex to Gargano on the hardest part of the ring. You guessed it, a ring apron. As we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break, Johnny Wrestling responds with a slingshot spear through the ropes to Theory for a near fall, but he gets rocked with a right hand courtesy of Theory, followed by a pair of super kicks. And to add insult to injury, he locks in the Gargano escape on Johnny Gagano. Gagano reverses that into a roll up, and both men trade super kicks at one point. Theory goes for that rolling drop kick through the ropes, but he is dropped with the super kick courtesy of Johnny Wrestling, who lands a floating DDT tope through the ropes to Theory on the floor, followed by the one final beat DDT in the ring for the win over Mr. Money in the Bank. Impressive victory for Gagano after losing last week to Otis on Monday Night Raw, as presumably this feud ends. But as always in WWE, we shall see, as I think we will have money the bank implications for theory very very soon next up is Rey Mysterio versus Chad Gable this match on paper has the potential to be great but they weren't meant to do great things in this match because the larger story is Judgment Day's Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley causing trouble for Rey at ringside but one positive from last night's Monday Night Raw they've cut back on outside interference which is a blast because it was really distracting over the last few weeks it was a major sore spot for me and they kind of curtail that a bit they let the beatdowns commence post-match which I I appreciate and last night was no exception as Ray was able to avoid any bullshit from Maria and Dominic he was able to sidestep Otis by sending him into the ring post land the 619 on Chad followed by the splash on the top ropes for the win and after the match is over 
We get the shenanigans courtesy of Judgment Day as Dominic Mysterio once again tries to get his father to hit him and Ray says, I'm not going to do it. He tries to fend off Judgment Day as Finn and Damian Priest come out and once again, Dominic shoves his father very hard and he is very aggressive with his father. I will say that he lays his shit in on his dad effectively and Dominic once again tells his father to hit him. He's bleeped out a bit for cursing his father out. In Spanish, Ray refuses. As he turns away, he gets attacked from behind by Dominic and Rhea holds his dad down to land the 619 to embarrass Ray even more. As the Judgment Day laughs at Ray's miseries, he refuses to hit his son. At some point, Ray is going to have to get the switch and beat his son's ass because this is egregious at this point. He got beat down at Extreme Rules by his own son, got beat down again last night in Brooklyn. But I will say this, Dominic is getting great heat. This is not go away heat. This is legit. We hate you as a terrible son kind of heat. But Ray's got to beat the worst father of the year allegations very soon by landing a blow on your son. You got to knock him on his ass and humble him. That day will come very soon. And that's why I was really clamoring for this feud between Ray and Dominic. I felt the potential from the moment they started teasing it a year ago. And it's played out beautifully so far. And Ray brings the emotion via his promos and his performances in the ring as he tries not to hurt his son and Dominic doesn't give a shit he's done very well in this role he does need to kind of calm down when he gets booed because he smiles a bit just lean into the booze and be an asshole because they really don't like you for going after your dad and he says you never taught me anything you were a shitty father you never done anything for me as a kid but now I got Rhea Damien and Finn having my back as my true family in Judgment Day and I've got a single out Finn Balor this guy is dripping with big dick energy I mentioned this a week or two ago right here on WST. Finn just hits differently as a heel. And I'm so glad he's shining on the main roster. The confidence is brimming off of him. He even dropped a too legit to quit line after making Edge quit at Extreme Rules this past Saturday when Rhea threatened to hit Beth with a concerto, but Rhea was a stone cold bitch by hitting the concerto in a way and breaking Edge's heart into a million little pieces. And I thought the sell job by Edge and Beth was outstanding. And this gave Judgment Day the ultimate heel heat. But Finn focuses on AJ Styles, Uncle Allen, because he wants AJ to join his crew. If not, he's going to get beat down and suffer the consequences. So AJ comes out to a big ovation and he says, You know what? You're right. I need my family. I need friends that have my back. And I've listened to what you had to say. I'm bending down on my knee right now to acknowledge you. And I want to be a part of Judgment Day. And Finn says, I knew you would join us. I was praying for this day to come. They hug it out. But AJ has a cold reaction on his face to let Finn know I was not talking about you. And then we get the return of the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows from the OG Bullet Club, the OC Club in WWE. And they come to AJ's aid and they beat down Judgment Day. There's a really fun brawl at ringside. Rhea tries to get Dom to safety, but Carl Anderson is hot on their tail. We got Luke Gallows hitting Damian Priest with a steel chair, followed by AJ Styles tackling Finn Balor over the announce table in a pretty fun spot. Then we have the stare down between Styles, Gallows and Anderson against Finn Balor at ringside. They chase him back in the ring. Finn flees and he leaves the area to fight another day against his old club, the OG Bullet Club from New Japan. And I really enjoyed this return for Gallows and Anderson. They got a good reaction last night from the Brooklyn crowd. And I just remember six years ago, it was Styles and the Good Brothers together feeding with John Cena alongside Enzo and Big Cass. That feels like a lifetime ago and they were all over as a unit. Then they broke them up during the WWE draft for reasons I still don't understand because I felt like Gallows and Anderson was weakened as a team. And you have the Usos right there as comparable tag team opposition for 
years to come. Maybe they can replay that now via another faction that could go up against the bloodline and Imperium. And now you got the Judgment Day. There are so many options as things are very faction heavy in WWE these days. I'm glad they're back after very unceremonious departure in 2020 during the initial pandemic class, which pissed off everybody, including them, as they had a lot of blame for Paul Heyman. But the buck stops always with Vince McMahon at the end of the day. And it should be noted that Anderson is actually the never open weight champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. And New Japan World retweeted WWE's tweet about the Good Brothers returning last night on Monday Night Raw. And we had Jay White acknowledging this as well. So I don't know what the hell is going on. I think there is a working agreement to get the title off of Anderson in Japan sometime next month. We'll see how it goes. But a forbidden door has been opened once again. And I go back to roughly six and a half years ago when AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and Shisuke Nakamura made the jump from New Japan to WWE. That was the great heist of 2016 in a lot of ways. And the results varied for everyone. AJ Styles had a very good singles run on the main roster, two-time WWE champion. Anderson and Gallows had a so-so run as tag team champs. Shisuke Nakamura had his moments as well. Very fleeting in 2018 when he did not win the WWE championship at WrestleMania against Styles in a match that was overhyped due to them not delivering at 11 o'clock at night. Just a drag, a slog to get through. But he's had good moments on the main roster since then. But it goes to show how much things have changed in six and a half years. We have AEW now. New Japan is working with AEW. Something's going on loosely with the WWE and New Japan regarding this never open weight championship situation, which will be resolved very soon, one would hope. But it's crazy times to be a wrestling fan and forbidden doors could be opening loosely. But to see New Japan retweet WWE and Jay White to talk about the OG Bullet Club says a lot in 2022 indeed. Next up is Bailey versus Candice LeRae. And this match is fine. Lacked heat for me a bit. Candice was finding her footing on the main roster as she was selling her left leg for the duration of this match as Bailey went after it throughout. But she's able to land a set time to the back of Bailey for a near fall. Avoid the rose plant as she rose up Bailey for the surprise victory. Bailey cannot believe it. Candice celebrates. She gets out of Dodge. But unfortunately for her, she's attacked courtesy of the women's tag team champions EO Sky and Dakota Kai from Damage Control. Bianca Belair tries to make the save, but she gets beat down too with Bailey landing an elbow drop to Bianca with EO and Dakota holding court in the ring against Candice LeRae, who's dropped by EO Sky and Dakota Kai earlier. So we need a third woman to help Bianca and Candice out. Asuka and Alexa have been wiped out over the last week or so. Becky's return is imminent, one would hope. There could be a couple of more pieces in place as well in due time we'll see how it goes but Bianca needs some help against damage control as they still want all the gold in the raw women's division next up is Omos destroying two local yokels from Brooklyn couple of tree slams here and there for the win and he continues to beat them down after the match is over to send a message to presumably Braun Strowman to see who's truly the best a monster or a giant at the end of the day next up is the 42nd birthday celebration of the Miz alongside his wife Maurice and I gotta say this was by far the worst segment on the show in terms of heat and execution we got balls jokes once again we got two big ass balloons shaped as testicles to say Miz's balls are huge we have a Jose Ramirez baseball bat signed and delivered to the Miz and he cracks a joke at the New York baseball team's expense as he wraps the Cleveland Guardians we got ice sculptures melting in the corner presents on the table a cake in the corner and we know how all wrestling segments end whenever there's cake involved somebody's going through that cake and Miz is going to grab a box from the table and Dexter Loomis' head is popping out from the table. 
The Miz tried to smash it with the baseball bat with the present covering Dexter's head. Of course, he's not there. And eventually, Dexter appears behind The Miz. Maurice freaks out and The Miz accidentally boops his wife into the cake. She face plants, kind of, sort of. It's not a perfect pratfall, but she sells it nonetheless. Miz flees leaves his wife to avoid the silencer by Dexter and Maurice turns around she flees as well Dexter grabs a knife and cuts a slice of cake and the fans chant eat the cake and eats the cake they cheer but up until that point this was a dead segment this was the perfect opportunity for crowd sweetening we did not get it this was ice cold and I felt like Miz and Loomis kind of jumped the shark with this one unfortunately it's been kind of campy fun but we don't know the reason as to why Dexter has been stalking the Miz for the last month where's Ciampa he's disappeared from this storyline as well so it's a lot of questions as to what the hell is going on the why the how and where we're going and the where is next week in Oklahoma City where it will be Miz versus Dexter Loomis and if Dexter wins he gets a WWE contract so let me get this correct so Dexter can stalk and attack The Miz and not get arrested recently and now can vie for a contract with the company. Choices by WWE Creative, not necessarily a good one because this is very confusing to me. I like Dexter Loomis as a campy novelty character. I loved him with Andy Hartwell and need them back together to really submit their relationship on the main roster because this Miz stuff is not doing much for me after giving it a grace period for the first month or so. But I felt like we jumped the shark last night in the worst possible way as Brooklyn did not bite except for the birthday cake, of course. Next up is Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins for the United States Championship. But Bobby cuts a promo beforehand, declaring he's a fighting champion and talking about the people he's beaten throughout his career, including Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and soon to be Seth Rollins, not once, but twice in a three-week span. But he name dropped The Beast. And Brock Lesnar comes out in Brooklyn. Cowboy Brock is back. We've missed him so. He's over with this crowd. He says, holy shit. Can't believe this reception. Shouts out Brooklyn. Calls out Bobby Lashley and proceeds to F5 Bobby. German suplex Bobby. Locking a Kimura on Bobby. F5 him again. He brutalizes Bobby Lashley as the fans chant one more time because Brock is still salty at the fact that Lashley beat him for the WWE Championship thanks to an assist for Roman Reigns at the Warrior Rumble at the beginning of this year and Bobby was not beaten in the Elimination Chamber to lose the championship this past February as well as Brock went on to WrestleMania to face Roman to unify those titles. So Brock leaves the scene. We go to commercial break. We come back and Seth Rollins comes out demanding this championship match for the U.S. title. He calls out Bobby who says he's a fighting champion despite being hurt. But Seth wants Bobby to prove it. Bobby is still favoring his shoulder. He walks away until Seth brings up Bobby's military background and says, if you don't do this match tonight, you are a disappointment to your country as a serviceman. And Bobby's pissed off. He gets in the ring. The match starts and he goes for a spear on Rollins, but Rollins catches him with a pedigree out of nowhere for a very close near fall. Seth goes for a frog splash. Bobby still kicks out. Bobby spears Seth, goes for the hurt lock, but he's too weak to apply the submission as Seth goes for those forearm strikes to the back of Bobby's head, a super kick, another strike to the front, and then two curb stomps to pin Bobby to become the new United States champion. And this is Seth's first taste of championship gold in almost three years, dating back to his time as Universal Champion before losing that championship to The Fiend at Crown Jewel nearly three years ago. And this was a great victory for Seth in terms of getting that heat. 
The fans sung for him, of course, because they love him despite it all. But this was a great way to protect Bobby as well. He was a fighting champion. If he was going to go down, he was going to go down swinging. He got beat down by Brock, fought back against Seth, but it was to no avail as he dropped the championship in a losing effort. But he still wants a piece of Brock, calls him a bitch. He wants to see him next week in Oklahoma City. This is going to build up to a rematch, presumably at Crown Jewel between Lashley and Lesnar. We'll see what role Seth plays as the new United States champion. And Seth is going to be great in this role. He's got the workman's title. He's going to be showcased. He's worked so hard in the last year, putting over so many people, two trilogies, Edge and Cody Rhodes. And he delivered every single time in various ways, including two Hell in a Cell matches in a year's time, which is absolutely remarkable, to say the least. And I think that Seth's first opponent for this championship outside of Bobby Lashley will be Mustafa Ali, who was also attacked by Seth last week, as Seth will deliver banger after banger a la Sheamus as the new United States champion on Monday nights and PLEs moving forward. Next up is Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn, with the Usos accompanying Sami to ringside as he wraps the bloodline as their honorary oops. And this match was good, not great. It happened a little late in the show as we approached the main event segment involving DX. And this match kind of went through the motions for me. But the story was Jay was supposed to help Sammy get the win on behalf of the bloodline. Roman told him this before driving off in his SUV. But Jay was very even killed at ringside. Sammy refused to help get hit with a floating bro on the outside by Riddle as we go picture and picture. Sammy does fight back with a slingshot moonsault to Riddle on the outside. Goes for a blue thunder bomb, which is blocked by Riddle, who goes for an RKO from the top of rope, which is blocked by Sammy Zayn. But Riddle lands a dive on Sammy on the outside. Jimmy tries to intervene, but Jay says no. Sammy's got this. He's the honorary oose. He's the problem solver, right? He's got to solve this problem in the form of Matt Riddle, but he does not solve the problem as Riddle lands an RKO on Sammy to pick up the win. And Jay is elated at this and Jimmy's kind of pissed. And we'll see how it all plays out on Friday if Roman shows up to cuss out Jay for not doing his job to protect Sammy, the honorary oops, and help him win by any means necessary. And this is a segue to the end of Monday Night Raw, the 25th anniversary of Degeneration X. We got Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Road Dog, and Shawn Waltman coming out to celebrate this very special occasion on a tank with a little pyro to boot. X-Pac pays tribute to China, which I really appreciate it. Corey Graves says Billy Gunn is playing with office equipment somewhere else. Playing with scissors, scissor me daddy, daddy ass in AEW. Road Dog does a tribute to Billy as well as the fans participate. No daddy ass chance from the crowd mostly. Sean gets a great pop from the crowd and Triple H sends us home. Saying if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. And, you know, it was a fine way to end the show. You got four honorary uncles up there talking about the good old days. We did not get any retrospective video packages, which was a little surprising. We got the jokes at the start of the show, but nothing in terms of video tribute to the crew, which was interesting. But at the same time, we saw a DX documentary on a and recently covering the entire history of this faction, which spanned two years in terms of its beginning and peak which is crazy but it's true but it led to suspensions across America for kids that did the DX chop in class it was quite the phase and fad back then but it's a nice way to pay tribute to something that was important for the attitude era at the time but not romanticize it because it was kind of crass in a lot of ways but last night's jokes were funny and I miss China a lot a big piece of this puzzle was her and how she was the heavy 
the heater. And you see that now with Rhea Ripley as part of Judgment Day. And that's a tribute to China in some ways. And I hope that she does get her single induction into the WWE Hall of Fame very soon because it's well deserved. And I love the slight acknowledgement to Billy Gunn as well, who's super over this year with the acclaimed new AEW World Tag Team Champions. It was nice of WWE to play into that a little bit by not name dropping Billy directly, but saying he's playing with office equipment, his scissors, scissor me daddy the end and with that this wraps up a solid monday night raw a good season premiere a lot of surprises in the form of the good brothers and brock lesnar returning to the company for some saudi checks in november because prince pays very well and we know that to be true and we got two more big shows to go survivor series and crown jewel bray wyatt's back he'll be on smackdown this friday more returns imminent for this company and i expect things to really heat up as we approach the royal rumble season which is coming at you very very soon from the alamo dome in san antonio texas in a few months time and on that note this wraps up episode number 142 of the raw verdict recapping the highs and lows from wwe's flagship show monday night raw i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at later wrestling x on twitter and instagram or receptopia they can find me tweeting and gramming all these podcasts Podcast shows the drop on the semi daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Receptopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 90 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.